MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. You ready to check your feelings at the door? Check it out. Check it out. This is Am I Reister or Am I Raw? We're bringing you facts and only the truth. Now, Am I Reister or Am I Raw? I'm George Reister. He's Ralph Amsden, and this is Reister or Wrong, the intersection where sports, business, society, and pop culture meet the truth. Absolute fire Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Facts only. Make sure you check your feelings at the door because no BS is allowed. We keep it 100. So today, uh, two NBA players talk about their retirement. One of them doesn't seem all out of the realm of possibility. And Ricky Rubio, who feels like he's been in the NBA for literally like 30 years because he's played for probably half of the NBA as well. And the other one is Giannis, Giannis Antetokounmpo, who is in the midst of his career. I mean, in his prime years, unstoppable years. And they both made a comment about their kids, Ralph. They said that. So Ricky Rubio, who has a young son, he said the NBA will no longer be worth it once uh, once his kids reach school age. And Giannis, who has, I think, a two year old. Um, he said that that if his kid came to him today and said, "Daddy, I want," uh, oh, you're spending too much time. I need you here more from work. He said, "I would retire today." And this brought up a crazy conver- conversation with me and Ralph because it brought up the there's the money aspect of it, 
And then there is the actuality because I do. I believe Ricky Rubio, right? I believe Ricky Rubio in this case because Ricky Rubio is what? How many years into the league is Rick, Ricky Rubio? Like he came in at like eighteen in the in the Steph Curry draft. Yeah, so, so yes, yeah, so he's like than fourteen, Steph Curry, but he's been in the same amount of time. Yeah, so he's like fourteen years into the NBA. So him retiring in two or three years, that doesn't feel weird, right? But Giannis. And, and but Giannis, so Ricky Rubio is very believable. He's played a ton of basketball, fifth overall pick in 2009. He's been in the game a minute. But well, let's clarify. Let's clarify exactly what Ricky Rubio is saying. He is saying that when his son hits kindergarten or first grade, one of those two, he's done. Yeah, he is not going to play basketball anymore because he has moved around so much in his NBA career that he doesn't even want to do that one time to his kid. See, now I understand that because I'm a kid who I moved around a lot. I moved around a lot as a kid. So I understand the desire for stability, but, but here's the thing is, so I believe Ricky, Ricky Rubio, he's already made $120 million, right? Already made $120 million. He spent seven seasons with the Timberwolves, Two with the Jazz, one with the Suns, and now he's with the Cavaliers. He's playing on the, the Spanish national team. So he's all over the place. And, yeah, there comes a point where it's not worth it anymore, where your family comes first. But Giannis, I do not believe him right now. If his son said that he was five years old, Giannis isn't retiring. Because there, there's an actual – there's something – between when you become first become a parent, right? And you love your kid, you want to be there, all of those things. And then there are some people who go overboard with the with the work thing, where they are where they sacrifice their kids um, you know, the the time with them, the energy being present for financial gain. And I'm not talking about people who are barely making ends meet or anything like that. I'm talking about people who have golden handcuffs on and they're like, bro, this is my job. I make so much money in this and this because I went to school with these people at Buckley. We I didn't come for money. And I was there with the Hiltons, the Kardashians, the Jacksons, all of them and kids that were like them. And some, and I'm not talking about those specific families, but, but kids that Came up like that. A lot of those kids, because my family was always around and they and they would say, oh, my God, George, you're so you're so lucky. Your parents come to practice. You're uh, there at every single game, all of this. And I used to think that that was normal. And they were like, bro, senior year. Oh, my God, this is the first game that my dad's ever made. Like, I can't understand that concept. So. But there's actually a balance, right? Because Giannis is still trying to achieve a lot of his own personal goals. And there are so many people who do it successfully, like LeBron, Chris Paul, a lot of people who are there for their kids, but then at the same time still, you know, do their NBA career. So maybe Giannis will cut his NBA career short on some level, but it's not going to be in the next two, three years when his kid is crying because he's got to go on a 12-day road trip. I think you have to look at Giannis Antetokounmpo's circumstances. He grew up with a bunch of brothers and sisters. 
um, not necessarily in in squalor, but, but basketball brought them out of the situation that they were in. And you have to ask yourself, at what point do modern NBA salaries cross the precipice of having provided everything anyone could have ever wanted? Because the point of getting into the NBA is to change your life. And once you get off your rookie deal, you can make more by year seven of your NBA career than superstars. We're talking super duper stars throughout the eighties, nineties and early two thousands made for their entire career. Giannis is already through nine seasons, including this, this year already taken home, not including any endorsements, $146 million. And in four more seasons, he will be at 335 milli, homie, 335. So the, so there, so now can it, may he retire then? I doubt it, but there, but every year after that, you're going to have to be worried about it. If he has, if, if that's the case, because, and I don't blame people for that because I think sometimes we get caught up in, oh my God, he's a, he loves being in the NBA, loves basketball, all of this stuff. And that doesn't mean that he doesn't love it, but you have to understand people's circumstance. Sometimes their family is more important. Sometimes they, they're not willing to sacrifice their family. Like I've turned down jobs on the East coast that would have paid me a ton of money because it would have disrupted my family situation. And I and it's more important to me to be present than to be able to uh, to to buy my kid a Benz for his 16th birthday. Right. And, and you get to the point where you realize, like, the days might be long as a father, but the years are very short. I was talking to my wife last night about our oldest and it was like, all right, well, in six years when he's out of the house, she's like, what do you mean in six years when he's out of the house? It goes by extremely quick. And so you, you're giving up that time to go and make this great life for them that you've already attained financially, that you could actually enjoy the spoils. You could, you could take them to around. school every day. Yeah. Take them to, to the practice where every day. You get to the point where as an NBA player, you start to have retired friends. And when they talk about like that, that next step in life, there are things about it that are very appealing, especially when you're having to go through rehab, especially when as a six foot 11 man, you're having to get on planes and and, and do car trips and all this other stuff to get to, to everywhere um, that you want to go. And you realize that as salaries increase in the NBA, the one thing that you can't put a value on is time. You can't buy time back. You just can't do it. And I have to wonder when it comes to modern NBA salaries, how much of the desire uh, to reach the pinnacle of what you can reach and maximize your time um, is, is actually worth it? How much is it actually robbed by the amount that people are getting paid? I think about this. See, Patrick Ewing. Patrick Ewing is one of the best players of my lifetime. He's yeah. a top, to me, he's a top 50 uh, NBA player, probably a top eight big man all time. Right. He played in New York City, played in the biggest market imaginable. His career earnings 
are 125 million. And the most he ever made in any given season was 20.4 million toward the end of the 90s, 97, 98 season. Patrick Beverly has made more than him, I think, in one season. Yeah, oh, definitely. Today, (laughs) today, Patrick Ewing's highest ever salary in his time in the NBA would be the number 51 salary in the 2021-2022 NBA. It would be right behind Mike Conley, who is the 50th highest paid player in the NBA this year at $21 million per year. At what point, at what point do you do you look at the situation that you have and realize I'm set up, my grandkids are set up, my great grandkids are set up to have the privilege of being together and not having to work. And the NBA is a job. And so uh, I think that when people say like, oh, this is, you know, this is definitely um, shows that he doesn't have the dedication of the superstars of old. No, it just shows that I think that there's a number. I think there's a number that you can hit where uh, you are de-incentivized to stay in the game, if that makes sense. See, I, I think that's a little bit true, right? But I think the bigger part of it is it's not just the the money. It's seeing how players before you failed as people, not just as like seeing them fail as fathers, seeing them fail as husbands, seeing them some of the their life choices not end up something that you're like, oh, man, I want that, too. Right. I think that that's part of the motivation is that is the failures of other people in ways that you may value or see or see fit. I mean, look at how fathering has changed, right? When you go back to my grandfather with the stories that my dad talks about my grandfather, about him being present, but still not present at the same time. Right. And the, the, the lack of hugs or saying, I love you and all of this stuff versus what my dad did versus what I do. So my dad was better and then I'm better. And then hopefully my kids are even better than what what I am in terms of being emotionally available, doing all, you know, like the things that actually show love even even more. So. That's the thing that I think that is. That fuels some of these guys decisions along with the along with the money, because if he were making a million dollars a year. That's a little bit harder than a guy making $50 million a year. And he's like, I don't have to do this anymore. Like I, I, I can go, I can take my 335 million plus my probably hundred million I've made from Nike made almost a half a billion dollars. And now I can go do what I really, really love and what I really, really want to do because the idea then, and here's where fans sometimes don't fully understand and where the new modern athlete is kind of growing and evolving is that your sport, right? The sport that you play is a means to like, like what you really love the most, right? Yeah. Because you only have so many laps in your legs. So while you may love being a professional athlete, love being a basketball player, love being a football player, love being a baseball, soccer, hockey, whatever it is, you also may love, like Justin Tucker being an opera singer and an opportunity may come up for him to travel the world and be the lead in some opera. And he may be like, Oh my God, this that like that, that it may be the equivalent of 
like like one of the most rare jobs that never come, come comes open and he gets that opportunity. He may be like, man, I'll never get this opportunity again. I got to go. Or, right. or or if a guy is a into engineering or a painter or, a, you know, whatever that because athletes now have other loves and they embrace those things. So I don't look at those things as bad things. I actually I like it for how we're evolving as people, as athletes. And I think that that fans have to understand because it's easy to point to the money, but it's the other things outside of it that have actually changed the most. We're only one generation deep into the expectation of paternal presence and affection. One, there are people who experienced it before this current generation, but we're, we are currently living in the first generation that expects that that is supposed to be a thing that, that the man of the house isn't just supposed to provide that they're supposed to go beyond protect provide, protect and procreate, right? Provide, protect, procreate. And now it's uh promote it's, it's uh nurture. It's a lot of these different things. And and it's funny that you brought it up because I think you're you're on the mark. We just had Bob Saget pass away. He was a famous comedian, but like most people knew Bob Saget from his time um, on America's Funniest Home Videos and Full House, right? Yep. And you're watching on, telev- uh, on television a single father who lived in a house with two other guys, and it was their job to raise a bunch of daughters, right? Yep. Like that was something that you – and, and what's wild is there's a lot of things that happen in media that ultimately become the expectation or or or, or come to fruition. But there, it led people to ask questions of like, man, why, why don't I have this? Yeah. You know, and, and I think that a lot of men were able to look internally and say, like, would have I been better with this than I was with provision and absenteeism? Uh, and I think that the answer is a resounding yes. I don't regret it. I've gotten to spend the majority of my life at home with my kids, and I cannot imagine uh, any other situation being better, though I respect it. I respect anybody who goes out to put in hard work, to to put food on the table for their kids, a, a, a roof over their head and, and all that stuff. Um, but getting to actually be around them and help shape who they are and their values and their decisions and everything like that has been the best thing in the world to me. And it's gotten to the point where I'm not sure I could trade it. I'm, I'm not sure I could trade it. And if I was going to uh, go back into the workplace in a more traditional sense, it would probably have to be in something like teaching where I was going to have the summer to be with them. Yeah. I can't, I couldn't imagine going backwards. And I look at, uh, a lot of these NBA players do have that. They do have off seasons and everything like that. Um, but one of the things about the more time that you spend around your family, if you like them, uh, is <laughs> the more time you want to spend around. Yeah, the more time. No, you dude, want I'm to, in a literal. Enough. I'm in a literal dilemma right right now because I do a show on Sundays, right? Yeah, and that is causing some internal conflicts with me personally. As it relates to stuff that I have to miss all the time. And now I'm weighing, okay, is this worth it? It's what I want to do. It's what I like, but is it worth it? Like for the long-term play of this versus the short-term 
what I miss because like you were talking about kids. My, my oldest son is getting ready to turn 16 in like two and a half weeks. Right. And he is being recruited in college, all of this stuff. So, and then it dawned on me. I was like, Oh my God, they're going to ask him to check in early. So now I'm like, so instead of two and a half years from now, him leaving, he could be leaving two years from now. Actually, he could have already been gone. Like we're under two years right now. Yeah. Under two. Yeah. Yeah. Would have dropped him off at school. And the idea that my little baby, who's not, who's six three one seventy right now, right, right now. So he's not a little baby, but my firstborn son that I would have to like, that I'm going to have that he's going to leave and he may never walk back into my house to live again. It's like, it's crazy, bro. It is absolutely crazy. And I'm done thinking about it right now. All right. So, uh, um, there was something that Mina Kimes tweeted out yesterday and it got us thinking that about what is your goofiest sports take of all time? Like, what are the sports takes that you're sitting there like, bro, I love this, but there is no way in hell that it could actually be a real thing, but it should be a real thing. I'll go first. First thing is, is that if there is a play that is dope enough, right, that if that if you jump from the free throw line and you dunk on somebody and his two feet are outside of the of the little of the restricted area. It should still count. Yes, you should get your foul, but the it should, you can give them the charge, charge them with a personal foul, but that dunk should absolutely count. If you make a one-handed catch that's absolutely fantastic and that second foot just almost grazes, I got to give you that catch, bro, because the degree of difficulty was so difficult and you did it, I think it should count. Okay. So I mean you're 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 talking about uh rules changes stuff and, and and I mean it takes a take um but the first one that came to my mind as far as goofiest sports take that I actually kind of believe is that the um extraordinary athleticism that gets a ton of players to the NBA actually ends up killing their careers because there's no incentive to start to evolve as a player until that actually fades away a little bit and and I so I, I just think about all of these uh, guys who got to the NBA by just being more athletic than everybody else. And then their NBA career ends because that athleticism is finite. Yeah. Or that's, yeah, that's, and, their, and their game doesn't evolve to be able to. Yeah. That's why Kenyon Martin had to learn how to shoot. Antonio McDice had to learn how to shoot. I mean, just. Uh, Grant Hill had to change his game. I mean, oh, every- got that. Amar- Amari Stoudemire's 15 footer. <laughs> yes. After he spent the first six years dunking on everybody. Yes. Every play. No, that's a good one. All right. Here is, here is my next one. Okay. So, and is it, as, as I love this one, I'm not going to say I came up with this one, but this is fantastic. This is the greatest one that there is. So when you are watching the Olympics, there should in every competition, whether it's the hundred meters, whether it is the uh, high jump, whether whatever it is, fencing, whatever it is, they should have a normal everyday person competing in that sport. 
just to give reference for how great that these athletes are. So like I mean, actual pros versus Joes instead of retired pros versus Joes? Yes, yes. Actual, okay. like, so if it's the 100-meter dash, you put a normal person of normal build, like somebody who's actually looks athletic, right? And you put them in with them, and you're just like, oh, my God. I think it gives a point of reference. It is, it's, it's like me holding this up, right? Yeah. And then you saying, okay, how big is it really, right? But then I put up a credit card to it, and you're like, oh, okay, I have a reference for how big it is. Or when oh, like they sure. put up yeah. a, a dollar bill, and they're like, okay, I understand how big this thing is now. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans. The chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up as well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, no, I remember I, I lived in uh, I lived in a children's hospital for a month and they had this big diorama of uh of like heart sizes and they had like a giraffe heart a chimpanzee heart a hummingbird heart and all these things all lined up to next to each other it means literally nothing to me unless i can see a human heart right unless i can actually see it in within the context of like why these things are different yes because we can't see how big our actual heart is that's so funny that's so funny like you like and what they would like lead off the event so you'd be like all right this is the basic human expectation of what of what you're about to watch is somebody who long jumps six feet. Meanwhile, somebody is going to come out and do like 13, 14, 15. No, is that no, what you're no. saying? Yes, 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 exactly. Except for in the long jump, they're actually going to jump like 27, 28 to win the Olympics. <laughs> right, right. And a normal person is going to jump like 10, 10. Right. Uh, all right, I got one for you. In baseball, I believe if you bean somebody, they get to take second base. What? It does does not mean that they advance a runner, though. So if there's nobody on second base, but you have somebody on first, the person that got bean just takes second base. They advance past the person who is already on <laughs> wait first what pitch. bro that throws off if if you end up having to do like a a pinch runner thing and then they then you have to take the last out and like it could be the same person twice it messes up the rotation bro it doesn't mess up the rotation because you just go back to the it's the same batting order you're not going to cycle through with somebody like just chilling on second base like you're going to run out of outs or they're going to cross home plate or get caught in a rundown or whatever. And they're going to, they'll just go back to the regular order. Hold up. But okay. So I think if you so bean somebody. Outs. No, you are, you are right. You, I didn't I, hear you. You want to say that again? No, 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 no. I was saying <laughs> I just, that. You never say that. You never no, no, say that. Those I, words. No, I was saying that. Words. No, no. I was saying just specifically. I <laughs> okay. think that take is horrible, but I think that you are that you are mathematically right that you can't come up again without all the out cycling yeah. through and still have been on base. Right. I, I do think that it will like if you want to hit somebody, you really got to be serious about it. Mm. Because if you hit somebody, yes, because now instead of putting a runner on first base, you've actually put him in scoring position. That will actually de incentivize people from from uh, 
uh, from um, from just randomly hitting people because also, they're, because they're mad at a bat flip or something. As an aside, as far as intentionally putting somebody on base, you should just be able to like nod at the ump to base on. Balls you can now. You oh you can yeah yeah okay yeah, yeah. That, you that you can just say like there's no point in the four pitches that's a waste of time um, absolutely all right okay give me another one okay in in hockey right okay. if you if you are if you get a penalty and you have to sit in the penalty box and you, the amount of minutes crosses over from one period to the next period that you should actually have to sit in the penalty box during intermission. <laughs> like you can't go back with the team? Correct. <laughs> I don't, I know a lot about hockey, but I don't know enough to know if there's like, but there, so there's like five minuters and two minuters, right? Like, I feel like if it's a two, if it's like a minor penalty, maybe that's not the best idea, but if it's like a major like where somebody could have got hurt or something like that, that, then that makes sense. That's funny. That's funny just to be sitting there in timeout in the penalty box the whole time. Like, are you wired in? Can you even know what's going on in the locker room? Nope. Nope. You just got to sit there and take the harassment of the crowd the whole time? Correct. <laughs> That's pretty funny. I like that one. I like that one. Okay. Uh, let's see. Here's uh, another one. I... I believe wholeheartedly in promotion and relegation in college football. I think that it should exist. I think that the top team from an, a paired conference, a paired group of five conference should get to replace the bottom team in a power five conference. So just as an example, out West, it's a lot easier to figure that out because you have the Mountain West and you have uh, the Pac-12. Utah State would have replaced Arizona for the for the 2022 season. <laughs> okay. And so, like, the same, like, you, you Conference USA could be paired up with uh, the Big 12. Um, you know, ev- everybody would have their, their equivalency. And the top team would move in and the bottom team would, would drop down. See, I'm a Um, big fan of the, the, the relegation. I'm a big fan of the relegation. I, I, I think that that is, I think that that is a good thing that that would be great for the sport and everything. Would you be open to the professional, uh, American professional leagues, especially, especially football and basketball, um, borrowing from soccer in, uh, player loans? Would you be open to that? No, because I think that that could be if you have if you have somebody who you draft with the number three overall pick, but they were kind of raw. Yeah. And you're actually a decent. So like Darko, right? If Detroit drafts Darko and they know he's going to be a human victory cigar for three years, never get any minutes. Don't draft him. Shouldn't they be able to loan him out to a team where he's actually going to play? Put him in. Yes. In the G League. (laughs) <laughs> that's where that's where he goes. I, nope, hate it. Terrible, terrible take, Ralph. Terrible take. <laughs> uh, all right, the my 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 last one involves the NFL because I'm an analytics guy, right? 
I believe in the analytics. I think that that there should be punts like there should be timeouts. There should be a finite number of times that you can punt in a game. That you that it's like three timeouts. You use them when you when you need them the most. Other than that, you got to go for it on fourth down. Okay, uh, I have one last NFL. Wouldn't it, one. Wouldn't, it wouldn't, wouldn't that make the game more fun though? If yeah, you only got three definitely. punts a game. And and then people would argue all that he should have used one. You can't take those punts in your Can pocket. Can they cross over? Can they cross over from from like? Oh, so you're you're saying three punts in a game total, not correct like in a half, like not correct. like timeouts. Okay, I see what you're saying. Three punts in a game. Oh my god. So then that would like, but that would you would you're you would end the Patriots because that's such a big part of what they do is the ability to cover kicks. Mm-mm. The ability to cover kicks is the reason the Patriots have like six championships. Well, and their kicking too, and their ability to play defense and having Tom Brady and all of that. Right. But they, when, when you ask Bill Belichick, like the secret to success is to, to be able to run the ball, to be able to stop the run and to cover kicks. Like he considers it like a three prong um, system and, and to take the ability to like, to, to, to limit the amount. Oh my gosh. I'm sure the Patriots would still figure out a way to be one of the, to use yeah. it to their advantage and be one of the better teams. All right. I got, I got one and it's very simple and, and nobody should disagree with it. And it has to do with the NFL. If a touchdown is beyond 50 yards. So if it's a long run okay. or a deep throw, there is no extra point. It's just seven. The incentive okay. of a big play is you completely eliminate the extra point. But but what if you want to go for two? Then you have the ability to 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 surrender the one. Okay. I can I can I can live with that. Don't think that's terrible, Ralph. Don't think that's terrible. Would you Winner. would you support would you support a three point extra play from the twenty five? No. No, I think we're getting excessive. And, and, and it 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 gives teams too many chances to win, and you you just got to do better during the actual regular game. Okay. All right. Um. And now the uh oh, so and now the NFL playoffs are starting, and we're gonna make our NFL picks for the playoffs. Who I, are your pre, who are your preseason picks to go to the Super Bowl? Are they still involved? Yes, it was. It was Tampa Bay and the Chiefs. Okay, mine was Dallas and and the Chiefs. Okay, yeah. So you know that that wasn't hard to still be be alive in this one because right. it, um because you it was pretty easy to predict that barring an injury to Dak or uh, Patrick Mahomes that they were going to make the playoffs. So who? Okay, so we have game games this weekend. We we won't even pick against the uh, spread. Raiders, Bengals. Who you got? I like. I I feel like I'm being too trendy here, so I'm gonna reverse course. I'm Team Raiders here, uh, and and I'm, I'm going with my heart, not my head. Um, I'd love to see the Bengals have success. They they're they're fantastic. They're fun, but I do think. If there's going to be one wonky result from the weekend, it's going to be that the Raiders' success and everything that they've had to go through carries over to get them a big uh, playoff upset win. I think that this we are watching. See, this is why I wanted the Chargers to get in the playoffs too, dude, because 
we're watching because we would have been seeing two of the changing of the guards of the great quarterbacks in the NFL. Burrow with Justin Herbert in 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 the playoffs. Just Joe Burrow is going to win this playoff game. This is a tipping off point for his career. So I got the Bengals. You got the Raiders. All right. Patriots bills. Ralph has the bills because he wants Josh, Josh Allen. And there's no way that he could pick against Josh Allen. Um, Do I feel good about it? No, not at all. No, but yeah, I'm, I'm on the bills here. I got the bills too, baby. Bills are winning. <laughs> yeah. Come Thank on. You. Come on, Josh. Come on. <clears throat> All right. Eagles, Buccaneers. I think that the Eagles are quite possibly the most dysfunctional offense. Uh, <laughs> they have schizophrenic. They have a schizophrenic team. I really hate watching them play. I just hate it. But it almost fits with the city and the fans. It, uh, Jalen Hurts is cool. Um, they're going to get worked, though. I, I got a 10-point Buccaneers win. I'm concerned about the Bucks, not for against the Eagles because they, they, they're just way more functional, as you said. But yeah, the the, the Bucks gonna have a hard time making it back to the Super Bowl with without Chris Godwin and Antonio Brown. Like it, it, it's gonna take one of those young wide wide receivers to actually turn out to be a star in the league, and I don't know if that's gonna happen. What right. can can we at least say that like? Antonio Brown, whether the Buccaneers make it or not, Antonio Brown is going to be at the Super Bowl. Yes, he will absolutely be here in L.A. I think he's in L.A. He's he's in L.A. right now. He's he's not on, leaving on on Ye's couch, right? With yeah, Madonna. Yeah, so weirdo. <laughs> All right, 49ers, Cowboys. I think the 49ers are the most dangerous team in the in the playoffs, even though they can't win the Super Bowl because Jimmy Garoppolo is their quarterback. But they are dangerous. They play good defense. They have one of the most the best weapons in all the NFL in Debo Samuel. But the Cowboys can only lose in spectacular fashion. So if they do lose, there's going to be something controversial you know, somebody's going to drop a snap uh, like Tony Romo did on the on the extra point. It's got to be they have to lose in catastrophe. And I don't know how the catastrophic thing can happen against San Francisco. So I'm going to pick Dallas. I think that Dallas maybe has one of the best pass coverage linebackers in all of uh, professional football. They have one of the best uh, coverage corners in all of professional football. And I think those are the two things that you need to neutralize what is otherwise uh, a, a kind of a hit and miss 49ers offense. So unless Kyle Shanahan has some crazy trick up his sleeve, uh, I think that Dallas has enough defensively to make sure that what is going to be a rough offensive game for them is still enough to get the job done. All right. Uh, Steelers Chiefs. Ben Roethlisberger said their team 14 out of 14. They got no chance, nothing. There's no way. I agree with him, but their defense is good enough to where they could keep this game close. And if Ben Roethlisberger, but there's no way that they beat the Chiefs with him throwing every single pass under 10 yards. No way. I mean, right. the, the the fact that he's been able to play football in a phone booth like, like this is like mind blowing to me. So I'm going to take the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, I, but I would not even touch that. What they're favored by like 12 points or something like that. I wouldn't even get near that. 
Yeah, it, there's a weird irony in the fact that Steelers fans are all rooting for Ben Roethlisberger to impose his will. Um, <laughs> one he has time. no will left. I'm just, I'm just saying. Can Unless he, it's in a bathroom. Can can he force one? Uh, uh, it's Chiefs. It's Chiefs all the way. They're they're the fact that they don't have a buy right now is incredible. Um, it, they are Ben Roethlisberger's right. He's right. I mean, he was he, being he, sarcastic, you, but he it was, doesn't matter. It doesn't no, matter. No, but, but he, he was right. Yeah. The, the, it, as to put it uh, uh, the way that Mike Tomlin did, which I thought was the best way to put it, this team has a ton of warts. Yeah. They got a couple of really good playmakers on this team, but it just things haven't gone the right way for them. And offensively, they're just not ready for the for the moment. So I'm Chiefs all the way. Yep. Last game. This game feels gross to me. This is the Monday night football game. This is Rams, Cardinals. Well, Cardinals, Rams. I don't like either one of these teams, to be honest with you. I don't. Cliff Cliff Kingsbury's teams are awful in the second half of seasons. He is the definition of the Peter principle. And where where you get promoted to the level of your incompetency. But I mean, but he even surpassed that. So, and the Rams, that loss to the 49ers after being up 17-0 in week 18, that was gross. That was gross. I don't trust them. I don't trust how much better this team is with Matthew Stafford than Jared Goff, even though I recognize that Matthew Stafford's a better player. I, I just don't believe in the Rams until they make me believe in them. Yeah. Uh, oh, so so I'm but but I'm gonna pick the Rams because I trust Sean McVay more than Cliff Kingsbury. I understand that, and I think Sean McVay's only ever lost once to Cliff Kingsbury, if I'm not mistaken. So, um, here's the deal: the last time these two teams played, Aaron Donald won the game. Aaron Donald, Aaron Donald. The reason you pay him is you're gonna have two or three games a year where he wins the game. Yeah, and the Cardinals' He's tackles struck. aren't exactly uh, world beaters. They're offensive line. Right. And they do have Rodney Hudson, which is very helpful. Um, uh, he's top two, three center in the league. But you also have to deal with Vaughn Miller. Um, he, here's the thing. I'm a Cardinals fan, but I'm honest. I don't think the Cardinals have a very good shot to win this game. And the biggest reason is is Aaron Donald. Second is Sean McVay and his dominance over Cliff Kingsbury. Third... Uh, is it's just it the the Cardinals even when they have that they had that one magical playoff run um, they've had a couple of other moments they've only made the playoffs six out of the last twenty eight years right um, and the best moments in that are I got a picture of the uh, the ninety eight team right here that ended the Cowboys dynasty love that team uh, and then the one that went to the to the Super Bowl and probably uh, should have won and got San Antonio Holmes and uh, and James uh, Harrison, yeah, yeah, James Harrison, right? That but, was the most but, inexplicable fumble recovery I've ever seen for a touchdown. I mean, just the the, the fact that he made it all the way there is astounding. Yeah, I don't like to think about it, but um, that here's the deal: like it. it you like to think that each season is its own thing, that a franchise doesn't have these type of hangups. But the truth of the matter is there's not a lot of people on this team that have been in these big moments. JJ Watt is back. That should matter. Chandler Jones will be alongside him. That should matter. 
Um, I think it's going to be sloppy. I absolutely hate NFC West games. Um, that's the crappiest thing about the NFC West conference. Yes, it can get three teams into the playoffs and have another be somewhat competitive, but they all beat up on each other and they all make for worse football later on in the season. And so I don't know. I, I just hate that it's an NFC West opponent. And I hate that Sean McVay owns Cliff Kingsbury. If you picked the Cardinals, you would be doing it on, on hope. Uh, or, or, or you'd be looking back at the first time that they actually played in LA this season when the Cardinals did get a win. But I just don't, I, I don't think that, that Kingsbury has it in him to beat McVay twice in one year. Would love yep. to see it, but I'm on the Rams as well. Yep. Fox sports radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. What's up everybody. This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. 
I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, uh... We're going to table the award voting to, to, to today, but uh, Ralph brought up something that I think is worth talking about, and that is stealing, right? This aspect of like the way people look at stealing. And, and the reason why this even came up, because uh, he sent me a Twitter video, and I'm going to play a little part of it. This is from a series of where... so. A lot of our goods and services are still transported in this country via via railroad, via via train. It is not just like like that's where UPS, even FedEx, some of them like they they fly some of the things. But like the ground stuff literally goes on the ground, Um, uh, whether it's line haul trucks, sometimes it's I mean, Amazon even ships ships it. The crazy part about Amazon, because we're in this business as a family, is that. Some of your Amazon packages, the reason why some of them end up in your mailbox is because some of them are delivered by the post office. Some of them are delivered by Amazon DSPs and some of them come through FedEx and UPS, too. It's the wildest thing. It's 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 bizarre. But if you've been missing packages, right? Sometimes you end up missing packages because one time we had a person who literally took off packages and just left them in a parking lot because he just didn't want to deliver them. He ended up fired that same day, but he did that. Then there is theft, right? There are porch pirates and stuff like that. Your Amazon drivers really aren't stealing your packages because they have cameras in their van. And it would be very, very easy. Like the the way the system works, like everything is marked when they scan, if they don't scan, all all of this stuff. So stealing packages. It's a computer system where they're marking when they drop it off and where some of them are taking photos. Yeah. Yes. So your Amazon driver stealing your package is probably the least likely place that you're not probably is the least likely place that you're. Uh, package became missing. Now, Can I ask you a question though? Yeah. Uh, just a curiosity. Like, so if you mess with the mail, like m- mail fraud is, is a, is a big time crime, right? Correct. But if you're using a private del- parcel service um, or a Same private thing. courier service, it's still mail fraud. Yes. Still mail. Fraud. Interesting. Interesting. If you, if you steal from FedEx or you steal from, you know, it, it, it is still falls under that umbrella. So now here is what Ralph sent, sent me. It's a series of tweets. We'll put it in the description, but here is what it uh, has. Well, here's what it was. This is packages as far as the eye can see. 
thrown off the train. And this is from what they say are people stealing Amazon packages and opening them and throwing away the boxes. I mean, everything from PPE to, you know, whatever the hell else is in the boxes because it's just a random set of events. And the crazy part about stealing stuff from Amazon is it's random. Like you can have a big box that could have toilet paper in it or it could have, you know, literally paper. Or you right, which ha- is why that scene for our podcast listeners, it's just boxes strewn about for hundreds and hundreds of yards. It's why it looks like somebody ransacked the house because they're going through these boxes as fast as they can to find anything that might have any type of resale. And anything that doesn't is being left behind as debris. So that brought up the stealing thing. And you, you, you can go ahead and say what you have to say about it. I just think that like, the there's a lot of people who don't take theft seriously um and i i think that it's it's absurd to carry around that mindset and it's typically i don't know if you've seen this george i have and, and maybe the people listening haven't had this experience or not as online as us but i have noticed that there's this attitude of like um we shouldn't be as a country so focused on uh, the the current trend of retail theft because these businesses are insured. It's not actually hurting anybody. Plus billionaires and millionaires are the devil and it takes out of their pockets, not ours. So we should actually uh, either a turn a blind eye to this and not make a big deal of it or B even celebrate some of these people who are stealing and looting um, as Robin hood type type figures. And I just think that, and, and that is typically a mindset that comes from like younger, more liberal, like people who have never lived in any sketchy situations in their entire life. In my opinion, that's what I'm seeing. Dude, that is so lame, bro. The, the, idea- do you see that as well? Is it, is that, is that something that you've come across that you see sort of like a laissez faire attitude toward retail theft, porch yes. piracy. Tra- this is train robbery, like old West train robbery in modern days. Yes, bro. People people act like, oh, this is no big deal. No, bro. Like that that comes from people who have never been in dangerous situations before in their life. If they think that theft is no big deal and that it doesn't create danger. Yes, it does. Creates danger on all sorts of aspects. It creates because if you steal something, right? I mean, just it's a biblical principle that you're going to lose it, that you have to pay it back times seven. And sometimes that involves somebody stealing it from you, which increases uh, dangerous, violent situations. You are upping the cost of goods on the customer because because Jeff Bezos is not going to make less Less money. The people who manufacture right. the products. They all act like, oh, yeah, this is going to hurt Jeff Bezos. No, it's not. No, it's not. It actually hurts you because then they turn around and because they account for loss in their price of products. So now as if loss increases, price of product increases because the loss increased. So now whatever it is, your price of your goods goes up. And like, then Amazon gets paid twice. Or three yes, times. Exactly. Or however many times it's stolen. Amazon benefits on the back end. 
Yep. And I'm a and I'm a believer in like thou shall not steal, but I will to to eat, right? Like literally to to eat. But not to like stealing as a, a, a as a profession. And if and if stealing to eat, I mean like literally filling your belly with some right. act. You're talking about uh, Prince Ali prior to being Prince Ali, right? You're saying got to steal to eat, got to eat to live. You're talking about Aladdin. <laughs> You're talking yes. about people people who don't have any other uh, means of getting from 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 day to day is but are different. trying to right is different than people who are mass organizing events to be able to throw uh, consumer goods onto the black market to fund uh, organized crime and drugs uh, and not like the cool kind of drugs, but actually like bringing fentanyl in, which, you know, could kill somebody like it's it's all connected. It, there used to be uh, in the city that I used to live in um, pretty close to where I went to high school. There was a street uh, called Galveston and right off Galveston was a couple of neighborhoods uh, of people who would go around and they would get to people's trash cans before trash day. They would find their bills and they would use it for identity theft for the specific purpose of getting money to purchase and then sell meth. Like yeah. the, the end result of the reason that people steal is not what you think it is. It's seedy and dirty and desperate and disgusting and contributes to like a lessened and in, in, in incredibly damaged society like the permissiveness toward theft there's a there's an underbelly of erosion that comes in that i don't think people see because like you said it comes the permissiveness comes from people who have never been in a dangerous situation in their life they're applauding or turning a blind eye to people who would rob them in an instant and not think twice about it yep like they don't they don't appreciate your respect they don't appreciate your permissiveness. They like it's going to come around to you too. And I just that that's one of the things that I don't understand. If people don't see that there is an epidemic of like brazen robbery that actually is taking place and maybe it's not to the level that like some politicians want to want to put out there to get people scared to get elected off of but if you can go to a train yard and you can see boxes strewn for hundreds and hundreds of yards or you can get online and you can see videos of a bunch of cars coordinated pulling up to a nordstrom's and cleaning the place out uh and everybody goes in at the same time so cops don't know who to focus on like that type of stuff is concerning and if you don't believe that it's concerning it's gonna come to your front door at some point. I don't know what else to tell you. Yep. No, you are right. It will show up at your front door. Um, you guys, that is right to a wrong for the day. Make sure you share it with a friend. Tell a friend about the podcast. Peace out. Catch you guys later. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.